Hey everyone. Carpet Time Confessions. I'm your host, Deja. And I'm Tyler. And this might be the last episode because she will probably never talk to me again after this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Oh my gosh. All right. What would you like to reshare? Because, yeah. What what would you like to share? What's your rose and your thorn? It might be a little different. Um... (laughs) At this point. Well, my thorn. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what to say. Is that we, I don't even, we, we had to start over after making substantial progress in this recording. Mm -hmm. That happened. And uh, it's very thorny. Yep. That's my thorn too at this point. I didn't even have one, but now I do. So there you go. Share thorn. You have a rose? Um, oh, yeah, you did have a rose. I, I did. I had a rose. It's hard to see the rose through the thorns. You know what? You know what? But uh, don't do that. That's too much. But um, my rose was that today after school, after I helped a couple of my staff students, we just did some chatting. And uh, they're not kids I normally get to just have like regular conversations with. They usually just come to class, um, you know, be, hey. Bye. Right. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. You know, we don't really get a lot of um, other time. And so it was nice to talk with him after school today. I'm glad that you got to spend some time just chatting because there's no time during the class period for that. So it's not unless you just not doing this. Exactly. The stuff. And I mean, sometimes <laughs> sometimes you have to do some chatting and not do the stuff. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm always for chatting and not doing this stuff. And sometimes I just let them take me on a tangent. You know, it's like I could obviously just snap us back in, but I don't want to. Right. Like, let's see where this goes. That's you living in your dilly dally. <laughs> you know, I love to dilly dally. Yep. I love I love that, especially in the classroom. Mm-mm-mm. So was your rose? My rose was that. I I don't remember the first thing that I said, but basically that it was my birthday. And I'm another year wiser, stronger, all those things. And I'm excited for what this year will bring. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay, that's cool. You ready? Yes, I am. Okay, you can start. All right. The first word is mom. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was about to say a word. Then I looked down and realized that's not what I wrote. <laughs> the first word is mash. Potatoes. Stone. Wall. Broke. Boys. <laughs> Star. Fish. Charm. Bracelet. And clock. Work. Mm. Okay. All right. You ready? Uh huh. First word is roll. Lee polioli. <laughs> okay. Second word is Yoda. Star Wars. <laughs> the next one is score. 
Perfect. Bliss. Full. Stage. Coach. Grown. Woman. Okay. I'm a grown Right. I could do whatever I want. I was going to say that could be my anthem for this year, but I've been saying that for a long time, so it doesn't really work. Mm. All right. Are you ready for the article? Yeah. Okay. Take two. (laughs) This is going to be great this time because the article this week comes from Ed Week, and it is titled Principals or Peers, Who Should Evaluate Teachers? Now, this study... And I always think about that, like, when I hear stuff and it's like, they're talking like this study. I'm like, what is this study? Who is this? Like, how are we just going to trust this? That's what I always think. Mm, not and then you who have to is do. This? Yeah, that's always first. I'm like, who is this study? Because I was going to say something really petty, but I'm not going to. We just need to know the source. <laughs> the source for this study. <laughs> there are two people who kind of co-authored. Well, they didn't co-author. They did the study together, but they separately authored books. Um, mm-hmm. Timothy G. Ford and Allison L. Laverne. Levine is what we went with. Levine. L-A-V-I-G-N-E. Where did you get Laverne from? It is no R in there. I don't know where I got Laverne. I don't know why I said that, but <laughs> Miss Levine, and I pray that I'm saying that correctly. Um, they did a study together looking at different questionnaires, basically about teachers' perceptions um, of their evaluations and whether they thought the feedback led to them um, feeling more positive in like their confidence as a teacher. And so they looked in the following areas, confidence, motivation, satisfaction, practice, and use of student assessments. Um, And what they found through this study was, and I quote, the study found that peer-led evaluations left teachers with more positive feelings and more motivated to make job-related changes compared to evaluations conducted by principals and other administrators. Thoughts on, have you ever had a peer evaluation? All right, so. (laughs) That's a good question. Have you had one? I don't know. Like a Um, real one. No, not a real one. Not one where it's like. um, Feedback form and stuff like that. Right, like not that. So we've done intervisitation. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, we have done intervisitation, but now I'm trying to like, okay, we did intervisitation once where I had to go into like a science class and like people from other mm, disciplines were okay. going into other classrooms and that was kind of a flop. I don't know what we were doing with that. <laughs> then we did what I'm saying is intervisitation, but I don't know if it's still intervisitation if it is your content area. Yeah. Because like the math department visited each other's classrooms uh, a couple of times last year. Um, with the intent of looking at a specific that's mm-hmm. used in the classroom, right? So that was observing for like 15 minutes with a specific focus and like writing notes and things. It wasn't really about providing feedback. It was more so, lo- it was low inference notes and like, what are you literally seeing? And like, what are the conclusions that we can draw from this? So no, I haven't had an actual like peer feedback. Mm, okay. Um, I feel like, Yeah, not in my experience. I remember us kind of doing something like where we would do like learning walks and we would Mm -hmm. go into like another grade levels classroom. And it was supposed to be something done regularly, but we literally only did it once (laughs) and just kind of observe and then debrief about what we saw and things like that. But then I I remember 
it was difficult because we went to that at that time I was teaching third grade. So I think we went to observe like second grade or something. And we were supposed to be observing their ELAR lesson. And it was so awkward because nobody was like doing. I don't want to say what they were supposed to be doing, because at any point in time, you could have walked into my classroom and looked at the schedule and we could have been doing something else. Mm -hmm. But they weren't doing anything like we watched them like essentially make their kids sit in silence in one classroom because they had like gotten in trouble. And so they were like practicing lining up and like. (laughs) <laughs> doing other stuff and then the other two classes were going to the bathroom the whole time we were supposed to be doing the op- like the whole time I'm like there's, n- <laughs> there's nothing to observe here like I don't know but all of that which made me think about um my own experience too how like there was really no one and lord I mean this in the nicest way possible but there was really no one worth observing that's the real truth and Further in this article, they kind of talk about how in order to have systems like this that work, you need to have a certain quality of teachers. And my school didn't have that. And so I feel like that's another huge reason as to why something like that wouldn't have necessarily worked, because it was also not a like positive work environment. And so I don't think some of my other like thinking about my peers if they would have come into my classroom to observe I don't think I would have left feeling more positive because of who they were um but I do understand why a lot of teachers would and I I always wished that that would be my experience and that I would have had better people that I worked alongside but I didn't and so yeah um the other thing to note from the article was also that They stated, Ford, one of the authors stated, even though the peer-led evaluations led to more positive feelings and motivations, um, they weren't actually able to, like, conclude if it was better for the principals or the teachers to do it. And the last, like, big piece that they talked about was having a school with culture of improvement and trust, um, which I thought was a great way of putting that. And it also states that that would help having that kind of culture could help embrace feedback and mentorship that may be more conducive to having peer led evaluations. And so I think mentorship is probably the best way to put it in like a campus thinking like mine where you don't really have people. You would just have to have some of those strong veteran teachers that they were kind of talking about in the article too, to kind of be those people to take on that role. Um, But the culture of the school also needs to like want to improve, which, yeah, that's a whole nother thing that we can talk about further in this episode. Um, But any other thoughts about or your own personal thoughts thing you want to share? I definitely agree that the environment in which you're working needs to feel positive for you to take your coworkers' feedback and have it mean something. Um, and that mentorship is really important because, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Sometimes it's hard to know who, like, who who's good, especially like where I work and their whole idea of like we're gonna do these interpretations. But half my problem with it was who's exemplary like mm-hmm. what if what if we're all unaware and we all think we're doing amazing but you think we are all a steaming pile of trash like what are we really taking away from this yeah and 
it's kind of just hard when like admin is less direct about like what they want and their expectations feel more vague and also like just like a lot and you don't really know how to process it so even mentorship can be difficult because it's like you can like rely on like a veteran teacher but then it's also like you're a veteran teacher at this place but at this place what is the gold standard you know yeah I was that makes me think about work and how today we were kind of talking about the way that things used to be done and mm-hmm. how they're done now and how things have really shifted. Like I, I was doing a training today about student centered learning versus teacher like facilitated and driven mm-hmm. learning. Um, and some of the things that the teachers in there were expressing were they are like stressed out about having to like learn new things from the way that they were like taught and like grew up, you know, learning and things like that. So that just reminded me of that because it is hard to, if you're having people model this like veteran teacher, what if they aren't keeping up with current practices and like stuff like that? That's where mm-hmm. it gets like foggy. Yeah, that is absolutely for sure. And that whole student centered versus like instructor led instruction is such a hot button issue at my school, at least in the math department. Why? Because um, we're being constantly told that our lessons aren't very student-centered. Mm. And um, yeah, pretty much a bunch of that. And then granted, they come in there and they only see like a little bit. And so every day doesn't look the same, mm-hmm. right? But that's not what they see. And so then they see you introducing the topic in which is the introduction or formalizing the learning, which, yeah, I, I do have to eventually speak in the classroom. But um, they want it to be very student-centered, and it's just, that is very great in theory and probably in practice once you get to that point. However, it takes a lot of work to get to the place where the onus is more so on the students, especially after breaking these specific habits that they've been going through throughout their entire educational career. Mm-hmm. Because they are averse to thinking for themselves. Right. And then it's just a battle, and then there's a the whole thing of like, the tests and the data and the numbers and all this other stuff. It's like, I don't know. It's just a bunch of pressures from everywhere. It feels weird and it feels bad. So yeah, those are my thoughts. I hear you. That's all very valid. Any other thoughts about this article? Oh, well, okay. I do believe that there is some validity to your peers rating you versus your superior. The the power dynamics there just take something away. It feels more collaborative than punitive. Yeah, I agree. But again, got to be in the right setting, so. For sure. All right, so this week we are going to talk about the dynamic of work relationships because I feel like it is something that heavily affected my teaching experience. Um, To be honest, a big part of why I left the career was because of the dynamic of some of the relationships I had or did not have with people at my place of work at the time. So I just want to get your thoughts about how do you think relationships with coworkers affect like your work that you do every day or your overall like I don't want to say excitement, but for lack of a better, lack of a better word, excitement to come to work and show up and do what you do. Yeah, we had 
Um, I'm going to say wildly different experiences when it came to uh, that arena and my relationships with my coworkers versus your relationships with your coworkers. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that my coworkers became my friends. And like, yes, you did make some friends. Right. But not in the same way, I don't think. And I don't think that you would say it was in the same way necessarily. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, like I really, like, we made a core group of, like, girlfriends, right? Like, there were four of us at first, the first year I started working there. Um, there were three other staff members that started the same year, and we all got really close. And, like, literally took we went on spring break to Los Angeles together. Like Mm -hmm. one of them is a godmother to the other one's kid, like became like really like close and kind of relied on each other. And that was very much necessary for me Mm -hmm. because of where I was at at that time in my life and how I was just, I was so like depressed. Like I was so down bad Mm -hmm. that it, it was, it was terrible and yes, there are some questionable motives behind the initiation of the friendship, but the the turnout was was genuine. Yeah. And I needed those people. And then the next year when a couple more people came in, the group didn't necessarily expand, but then I became friends with the other two. And mm-hmm. we we got really close and like we know each other's lives and like I've been to one of their homes for Thanksgiving and like they like aside from the the aside from the kids which you know that's what keeps us doing it they keep me sane going there every day like when my co-teacher is not at work I'm so sad yeah like I'm like not her not being here so I gotta deal with these two classes by myself and who am I gonna talk to like what adult am I gonna talk to that's so crazy because I remember when I first got a student teacher, the first thing that I remember going back to my host teacher and saying to her is, who am I supposed to talk to all day? These kids? Like, yes. it was so strange because we also had a lot of adults in that room. Like, there was a host teacher, there was me, and oh, then we had yeah. the para that was in there with our student, like, all the time. So at any point in time, there were always at least three adults in our classroom plus the extras who would come in you know to sit with students and stuff like that but that is something I I, I was very jealous of like and honestly when it is just me in there I really be looking off to camera trying to see if anybody else is witnessing the nonsense that these children are saying because I gotta talk to kids all day like it be, yeah. it, it is fun sure it's fun <laughs> But you still need to cling to reality and find the adult to be sane with. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, too, agree that our experiences were extremely different with the way that we developed relationships um, with our coworkers. But I also am kind of like, it made me think about two things. One, the like solidarity that you have with your friend group as y'all all being like women, mm-hmm. black. black women. Yeah. Um. Also, but the other thought that I had, well, actually, let me continue with that thought because <laughs> they're not related at all. But okay. um, that is something that I thought I would get coming to a school here in the district that I served in um, Mm -hmm. during that time because it was predominantly black. Most of the teachers were black or Hispanic within the district. So 
I think the big piece that I was missing in my experience versus yours was age. Like you had colleagues who were a lot closer in age to you than I did. Yes. And so yes. it was very difficult at times to connect with my colleagues because I always felt because they were so much older than me, like they didn't respect me. And mm. I struggled to open up to anybody to really get help, but also like they didn't really offer help. It was always critique. Like it was never like, let me show you, let me help you. It was always like, you're not doing that right. What is she doing? She's not blah, blah, blah. Um, which is very different. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking about how like, do you think because y'all were a group of young black women doing this together mm-hmm. that that like really helped you? Yeah, that absolutely helped. Like aside from what I was personally going through, that was like really just taking me out of it and wanting making me want to quit within two weeks. Um, the fact <laughs> that <laughs> the other math teacher who I came in with, we were, were months apart in age, right? Mm-hmm. And we were going through like the same struggle at the same time, right? Yeah. Not being given the curriculum, having to figure this all out on our own, both teaching two courses. She, te- Her teaching financial literacy and algebra two, me teaching algebra two and AP statistics, right? Trying to figure it out and build from the ground up and being able to kind of like, I don't know, like commiserate that and like complain about it and like laugh and be like, well, just not going to do whatever that thing is. We're just going to make this up. Cross our fingers, hope for the best. Like having someone to go through that so closely with like absolutely changed it. And then having the other two, right? Um, our mm-hmm. guidance counselor friend being slightly older than us um, and more seasoned in the department, like in the Department of Education. Um, it's not like she was really imparting a bunch of wisdom, but maybe it was a guidance counselor in her that was just kind of mm-hmm. just like comforting. Right. And then our other friend, just her whole vibe is really just so welcoming and like got so close and we would support each other and like stay late together while she's working on like her grad school stuff. And I'm working on trying to just make it through. Um, definitely age played a factor because I was not as close to the older black women that were on staff. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously we would speak, right. but like not like pouring my heart out and like just really opening up about all the struggles. Um, because yeah, it does feel like judge, like things can feel really judgy, um, whether that's the intention or not. And maybe that was the intention because, you know, you was really working with some question marks. <laughs> but things, yeah, I don't know. There's like ego and teaching can be so isolating. And even though it should be so much a community, it can really feel isolating. Yeah, that was something I feel like. And for those who do not know, aka pretty much everyone, every year <laughs> that I taught, I had a different team. There was not a single year where even though two years I taught the same grade, I didn't, I never worked on the same exact team. So I feel like, and not to say that I was like running from my team because honestly I wasn't after, except that first year I was like, (laughs) I tried to run, but I kind of got stuck being there still and whatever. But I was like talking to my instructional coach and my principal like put me on a team with people that I can like, learn from and collaborate like Mm -hmm. I I needed that so badly because of 
I think specifically the way that my education cohort was also set up, I was used to learning in community. And once I started working there, I really started to realize like, damn, this is really isolating. Like no one here wants to collaborate. Like it was just very strange and I couldn't believe it. And it was just, it was really defeating for most of the time that I was there. I wouldn't say that I was on a team that I enjoyed or like got along with. We worked really well together until my last year. And Mm -hmm. at that point it was kind of just like, what can you do? But now even only one person from our team still works at that school even. So Mm. it's like there's still constant shifts that are always happening. It's like how, how do you build trust and relationships with people like that when there's constant shifting going on? I feel like that's like a clear sign that there's not a lot of trust, whether that's amongst the team within the building, whatever, but yeah. Yeah. So that really sucked. I can I can imagine. Um, but so you shared something positive about pretty much everything you shared was positive, which is a good thing. <laughs> but I want to share something positive, too, because even though most of it sucked, there were some <laughs> like things that I did enjoy about. I'm going to speak specifically to that last team because the rest of them. Mm-hmm. I could do without. I'm not even going to okay. lie. All right. But specifically to my third grade teammates, and there were four of us, but the bilingual teacher, she ain't really, she ain't really rock with us like that. So, <laughs> I mean, it was no bad blood, but she just kind of stayed in her own lane. Um, yeah. But the other two ladies specifically that I worked with, um, I feel like they were extremely supportive and I needed to have those kind of relationships with a team like in my teaching experience before I left. And I say that because I feel like if I would have left the teaching field without ever being on a team or like people that I could trust going into my next job, I would not have trusted my coworkers as easily mm. as I do now. And I only say that because working where I work now is the first time that I have ever like really enjoy my coworkers. Like we are not just coworkers. Like we kick it. We, we can go out together after work. Like we, we really do enjoy being around each other. And I do not think I would have been open to even like hanging out with them, like open to really being myself from the beginning of me working there. If I wasn't at a place where I felt really comfortable um, with my team before I left. So I'm really glad that I got to experience that because It is draining to work, like, not just in a building with, but on a team with people that you don't get along with or you don't like or y'all just can't, like, y'all just, you don't mesh. And now that I'm in a place where I literally mesh with, like, all the people on my team, I'm like, I cannot imagine ever going (laughs) to something that felt like my teaching experience. I'm really glad that you got the experience and that this is your current experience because, yeah, you do like these people because you be talking about these people and not in a bad way. Exactly. So that's how you know, because I barely had any good stories before. Literally. I don't know. Can't even think of one. So Um, anything else you want to share specifically about your work relationships Um, I was thinking about, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but 
like how it affected like me mentally and how I didn't know like how mentally taxing it was to be around those people until I left. Like literally waking up and getting to work was a task because not because of the kids, but because I didn't want to have to see certain people in that building or interact with them or talk to them or hear some sneaky sly comment that they were saying about me to my face behind my back whatever like I was just like I don't want to be here with these people and it was literally like you have to get up with every bone in your body for those kids because if it was for the adults (laughs) baby fire me I would have been fired because I wouldn't have showed up plenty of days um and yeah that was that was something also that I didn't realize just how like mentally unhealthy I was mm-hmm. because of the relationships that I had with people, because it also then caused so much more stress on me at work because I had to do everything. I didn't have a team or a network or people that I could rely on. But yeah, that that's yeah. up too. Yeah. I like, I really do hate that for you and like the stuff you would say, like, it was just unhinged and unbelievable behavior. Like somebody going through my phone. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. My first yeah. year of teaching, another teacher on my team literally went through my phone while I like, had stepped out of my classroom. It's just like, come on, grow up. And y'all are like double my age. That's the real issue. Literally, like, <laughs> that behavior is just so egregious. Like, who who raised you? Like, like be so for real right now. It I just doesn't make can't. sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, I really I really do like that for you. Uh, but it really I do think it's very important um to at least build community at like at work. Like I know that people are like separate work and like professional versus personal and like some people don't believe in being friends with your coworkers. Yeah. Sure. Maybe you don't gotta be outside buddies with your coworkers, but you definitely need to build community within those walls because who are you chatting with? I'm just trying to do some chatting in the downtime. Who am I gonna chat with? The kids. Who is going to be like, I'm stopping at Starbucks. Do you wanna place an order? Like who literally. Mm-mm. I only did that with the only person I would literally do that with was Crystal. We would buy each other breakfast or stuff like that in the morning. Anybody else? You want me to do what? Like in the group chat, y'all hungry? Anybody ordering lunch? Like who? Like who? Literally, like what? Like, yeah. You just need that. Like, and then you just need like the random. Like, oh my god, you're not gonna believe what happened to me. I got to tell y'all. Like, I got to joke, joke. Like, just sharing. Mm-hmm. Just it really gives you something else, right? Because when the systems and maybe the admin and everything else is against you, and maybe even the other coworkers who you don't really talk to for real, but. Having that like community and the people that you do trust around you, I just think is so pivotal, 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 pivotal. <laughs> and so important. Whatever you know what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, just very valuable. I would agree. Um, so yeah, I think that is a perfect place to end, and that was a really good conversation. You ready for the pop culture segment? Are you ready to rumble? I might have something to go in each category this time. Each Gasp. Gasp. Bet you can't say Um, that. Okay, you did not have to. Bet you can't say that. You didn't have to do me like that, Deja. Why would you say that to me? I mean, I'm just saying. Can you say that? 
I cannot. Oh, but okay. you didn't have you didn't have to point it out though. Like, no, I can't say it, and you know I can't say it. One day. One day. All right. Do you? Oh, why my voice sound like that? <laughs> Crusty. It's because I've been up too long. I'm like I'm. I'm already ready to go to sleep, and I still have to do my homework, and I'm just. Really, at the point where I don't want this degree, and I'm. Uh, but you're like so close. So like close. Can, yeah, like can, I don't. You can smell it. I'm sick of it. Yeah, but you're gonna get there. And you're gonna get through it, and I'm gonna be so proud of you. I hope I put it to use. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> That's all I keep thinking about. Okay. Um, do you have a song of the week? Um. Yes, and I kind of kind of can't choose so i am gonna give two um so one is chronically cautious by brayden bales and it's some song i heard on tiktok and then randomly heard on my release radar i guess maybe last week and i just like the other one is look at us now in parentheses honeycomb by Daisy Jones and the Six, and it comes from the show Daisy Jones and the Six, and it also popped up on my release radar. Okay, um, my song of the week is FWB by Chica on her Once Upon a Time EP. I have really been listening to both of her uh, previous works of art in preparation for the new one that will be coming out soon, hopefully. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. Okay. TV? Uh, speaking of coming... Yeah, speaking of coming oh. soon, that Tori Kelly song coming out this Friday. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm ready. Right. What is this new era we're getting into? I don't know, but I feel like she make an album and then rebrand every couple of years, and I'm here for it. So, <laughs> go ahead. Just don't do nothing too problematic, please. That's all I ask. True, 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 true. Okay. For TV, I have... Daisy Jones and the Six, which was just mentioned in the song section. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daisy Jones and the Six is a show on Amazon Prime based off a novel. Um, it is kind of this, like those VH1 behind the music type things. It's one of those, but it's fake. We get these like interviews in the future after some event has transpired in this band that made them like break up and never perform together again and never talk about the incident. And so mm-hmm. now here they are 20 years later, and I guess they're going to talk about it. I'm going to get to the incident at some point. Um, and so we see them now, I guess, in present day doing their little interviews. And then we cut to scenes from the past of like the band, like getting together and like forming and like performing and like in their first single and hearing their single on the radio, that type of deal. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just been just been good. I've been liking it. Cool. The other show mm-hmm. I want to mention is Pressure Cooker on Netflix, which not new, just discovered. Well, just started watching it, and oh man, it's just this you know, like this chef reality show, and I don't even know how to describe it for real. But there's like cooking, and the cooking is kind of intense, and so it's like interesting. Like it's I personally find it interesting, like watching like cooking stuff and like seeing chefs really prepare mm-hmm. meals, and I know that you do too. Um, and it's that in a competition aspect, but like gameplay and like. Just deceit, Drama. lies, deception. Yes, me- mess. It's oh, mess. Like and it's mm-hmm. and, yeah, and, and it's cooking. Yep, sounds just like you. I can vouch that it is good so far. I haven't finished it, but I'm close to the end, and it's pretty. I real. also haven't finished it, and I told my sisters to watch it and my mama. So 
Right, because I'm I'm needing you and Taylor to be in a pressure cooker situation. And <laughs> okay, the rest I don't of know us. About that. I don't know. Like I just that's what I'm really getting for this cookoff. It's pressure cooker. The rest of us are the blind tasters. We have a book log. We're gonna write a little notes in there. Um <laughs> Okay, when you set then, when you set all of that up, then it'll be a go. Mm, yeah. We know yeah. how bad I am at planning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched, I finished A Perfect Match since the last time we were here, and so did you. And yes, that well, so show, yeah. all I have to say is I'm still intrigued and I hate them at the same time. So, right. I feel like we need to do some Googles and figure out are any, is any, is anyone still together? Yeah, that's what I really want to know because now all of a sudden everybody is always on my TikTok. I'm like, go away. Um, they always on live. I'm like, damn, y'all leave Netflix and get straight on live. Like, it's it's instant. Every show, you leave and get straight on live. Like, y'all don't have nothing better to do. But anyway, yeah, so that was that. I started watching Real Housewives of Miami because I was watching this, listening to this podcast. And Makeup Shayla brought it up. And I was like, I have to watch it because it's like the shortest one. Because they did a rebrand mm-hmm. at season four. So they're like start at season four and five because you don't really need to know like what happened before because they stopped and restarted it. And okay. did I watch anything else? I probably have, but I probably just can't think of it right now because I haven't been watching as much TV because I've been reading. But okay, movies. Movies. Well, I just literally just came from a movie. Mm-hmm. And I saw Scream 6. Did you like it? It was so good. That's what Kenya told me. I told her I'm going to go see it probably this weekend. I was gripped. My eyes were glued to the screen. I was I was just in it, like, on the edge of my seat almost. Like, I'm really just like, what is going on? And then, like, at the end, because I didn't, like, rewatch any of the Screams to prepare for this. Um, I, I don't think it's really been that long since I saw Scream 5, which I also really enjoyed. Different vibe. Though, like, Scream 5, I would say, is way funnier than Scream 6. Scream 6 really did, like, they really did. There was more gore, more kills. Oh, wow. um, Like, intensity. It was more intense. That's interesting. (laughs) Um, Did you watch Scream 5? I don't know. I'm not even going to lie. I don't know if I saw 3, 4, nor 5. I think I might have seen 3. I don't, I'm really unsure about four. I definitely did not see five. I know that for certain. <laughs> you have Scream to see one five. is the best one, so, or two, I can't remember, but one of them two, I like them the most. Okay, well, you liked them the most, but didn't see no other movie after it. I mean, by that time, I just wasn't keeping up like that. Like, come on, girlies, that just came out a couple years ago. Okay, Scream 5 literally came out last year. Which exactly. is why you need to watch it before you watch this next one because it 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 huh I'm getting really passionate <laughs> because it is like a recall and it kind of relaunches this whole thing and it introduces like the key players that you're gonna need for Scream Six. I can watch five. I don't know if I'm gonna watch four, but I can commit I mean, I'm to watching five four. before I go to the movies. Yes, I'm only fighting for five. Where can I find that? Um, that's a great question that I will be able to answer after you start talking about the movie that you saw. Well, yesterday I went to the movies and I saw Creed 3 because 
fine black man, always. That's really why I went to go see it over Scream first, because I did plan on seeing both of them. And it was really good. I loved how, so in the movie, um, his daughter is, like, they have to sign to talk to her. And I just Mm -hmm. thought that it was so cool that they all, like, learned sign language in order to, like, talk to this little girl during the movie. And that, I was watching, like, a TikTok of them talking about it. It was Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson and Jonathan Majors. They were doing, like, this interview. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that just really touched my heart. So I thought that was great. And I think the movie was really great. I love how it showed, like, brotherhood. And especially amongst black men. And yeah, I think it's a very complex, but very, what's the word I'm looking for? Like people don't talk about it often and it isn't shown in specific ways all the time. But I think they did a good job and they did a good job with casting because my God. (laughs) But yeah, so that was the movie that I saw. And now you can't say I didn't see a movie. So ha ha. Okay. Um. Never have been. I'm gonna see a movie see a back movie, to back. Didn't see a movie. Right now, if you actually see Scream, that's when I will be. You know, that, I will. That's I'm when gonna I will watch Scream five and six, and then I'm really gonna prove you. Right, because that's 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 a been lot. my thing the whole time. It's not been you know that you haven't seen a movie. It's that every time you say you're going to see a okay, movie, okay, okay, you don't. Let me tell watch you why, it. because you already know. But let me tell you why this is why I don't go to the movies because something always conspires against me. Let me tell you what happened while I was at the movies since I haven't talked to you. First of all, I bought my ticket first, but I didn't look back at the app. Why did a couple buy the seats right next to me? You know how much that irritates me. The theater was empty. They bought the seats right next to me. Then I get there, sit in my seat, all to come and find out. Oh, guess what? Missy was in the wrong seat. She was supposed to be on the other side of her boyfriend. Still, there would have only been one empty seat between us, which I'm like, why didn't y'all scoot down the end of the row? But whatever. That was strike one. Strike two happens when we're watching the movie. It starts. It's about five minutes in. All of a sudden, the lights start flickering in the theater. And I'm like, the ghost did not follow me to the theater. Like, please, come on. The lights are flickering, flickering, flickering. All of a sudden, the sound goes out on the movie. We're sitting there watching the movie for like an additional five minutes, no sound before someone comes in. It's like, <laughs> we are so sorry. Oh my gosh, we are so sorry. The power just went out. Give us a minute. So y'all didn't pay the bill. Don't tell me the power went out. Y'all didn't pay the bill. Come on, Alamo. So yeah, I was like, this would be like, this is why I was like, this is why I don't go to the movies. It's always something. So I would just like to tell you that because mm-hmm. it's always something. Now you see why I don't like going to the movies. Okay. Well, Screen 5 is available on Paramount+. Plus. Um, I'm going to watch it on Paramount+. Plus. So. Okay. All right. Book. This is on me. Cause, yeah. Yes, it <laughs> so is. So I'm going right. to keep this. Much. I'm going to keep it brief because I'm headed to Book Club as we speak. Uh-huh. Yep, but yep. I have read... Is it only two books? I guess it's only been two, but I've started, like, I'm in the midst of reading, like, four different ones. But um, 
I read the book Before I Let Go by Kennedy Ryan, which is an adult like romance novel, which is not my regular schmegular style format <laughs> genre of book. But when I tell you I loved that book, like I loved that book so much. And it was just really great. It was about this woman. Well, it was really about this family kind of and how her and her husband owned a restaurant and like had this family together. But they end up breaking up and it's kind of like following their love story, like as business partners, um, as well as still like working to raise their children together and all this. And it was just chef's kiss. I really enjoyed it Um, to go along with that. I also read a young adult novel which was The Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon. Oh. Did you see the movie? I was trying to watch the movie after I, I finished it. I didn't see the movie. But, but I it's know Yara Shahidi was in it with that man, Chris or Charles Melton or something. Yeah. It's, from Riverdale. It's not free, so that's why I didn't watch it this weekend, but I wanted to after. But that story was so cute. First of all, I love Nicola Yoon. She's like one of my top favorite young adult authors. And... She's also written Instructions for Dancing, which I read, and that was really good. And then I read another book by her, I feel like, and I can't think of the name of it. But I recently got a library card last mm-hmm. Friday, and so go crazy. I'm about to be reading up a storm. That's all I have to say. Because having fun isn't hard. As long as you got your library card, period. And, yeah, so... We'll see how many books I can read. I have to work on Saturday, so, and it's like all Again. day. Yeah, it's like all day, so I probably won't get to do as much reading this weekend, but I plan on doing some reading, maybe tomorrow. I planned on really doing it all week because I'm on spring break technically, but teachers are still giving me homework, so, yeah. Mm, what? Okay. Yeah, I know, right? Sucks. I have homework due tonight. <laughs> All right, well, so yeah, um, I guess I also technically read another book for school last week, and it was called, where is it? It's right here on the floor. That's how little I care. <laughs> it's called Schools That Succeed, How Educators Marshal the Power of Systems for Improvement by Karen Chenoweth. And yeah. I won't say that it was a bad book because it was a pretty good book. And it kind of like talked about it gave like examples of like each chapter was about a different school and how they kind of like improved their whole system by like following these like four steps. And it was a pretty good, pretty good read, too. But boo school. Boo school. All right. Any announcements before we get out of here? Um, No, I got no announcements. Nothing going on. Me either, really, other than leave us a review if you are enjoying our content. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Carpet Time Confessions or Twitter, even though I have not been on Twitter, but I plan on <laughs> doing that when I get my mind together at okay. CT underscore confession. Um, and yeah, we hope y'all come back and see us next week. Bye. Yeah. Bye.